Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. This podcast brought to you by Gowan Canada, makers of Edge Microactive Pre-Emergent Herbicide. Agriculture is Saskatchewan, and 620 CKRM is your source for everything ag. Welcome to our newly expanded Saskatchewan Agriculture Today. Here's your host, Jim Smalley. And a good afternoon. Welcome to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today, brought to you by Harvard Western Insurance. We don't judge. Here's another reminder to renew your plates today. Visit harvardwestern.com. Today we hear the latest from StatsCan on grain stocks and the market reaction. Adam Piccalo also discusses the weekly wheat and canola market moves. And they're a bit mixed. We have the latest spring runoff forecast and a look at grain movement. Real Agriculture talks with Ottawa's special representative to the prairies, Jim Carr. We have a two-part feature on CN Rail's record-setting grain movement and the problems faced with moving grain to market in bitterly cold weather on the rail. The farm weather is, is in its usual spot at the bottom of the hour. This is Saskatchewan Agriculture Today with 620 CKRM Agri-News Director Jim Smalley. This portion of Saskatchewan Agriculture Today is brought to you by Johnson's Grain. Helping growers contract any type of grain, call one 800 324-7778. Grain prices this week were mixed. Commodity Futures Advisor with PI Financial, Adam Piccolo, says canola gained $5 a ton for the week, while spring wheat futures were down about $0.09 cents a bushel. He says a new crop supply report was released by StatsCan this morning. Well, Jim, today was the stocks of principal field crops as of December 31st of last year. So keep that in mind, you know, this is maybe a little bit of old news, but production of the most principal field crops increased in 2020 from a year earlier. However, you know, higher exports driven by strong global demand contributed to lower stocks of wheat, canola, soybeans and barley as of December 31st, 2020. So canola stocks fell on low production and and really high demand. Stocks were down about 23.7% year over year to 12.1 million tons as of December 31st. So that's definitely something to keep in mind with really strong worldwide demand, partially due to an increase in, in global vegetable oil consumption, has really helped even push canola exports up 51 Point five percent year over year to to a record high 5.2 million tons. And on the wheat front, total stocks of wheat were down about 3.8% year over year to 24.8 million tons as of December 31st. Producer deliveries actually reached a record high of 14.4 million tons in 2020, up 15.9% uh, from year over year. So how has the market reacted to this StatsCan report today? Overall, I believe the the StatsCan report really just confirmed what was already known kind of in the markets, I would say. This week, when it comes to the March canola contract, we're down approximately $2. 
However, the March is going to be expiring here, first notice date in a few weeks. So really, the May contract is more actively traded now, which is actually up about $5 a ton on the week. And then on the Minneapolis wheat front, March Minneapolis wheat is down about $0.09 cents for the week, and the May is down about $0.10. Cents. So with canola up, you said $5 a ton, wheat down $0.09 cents a bushel on the futures. What's driving this? What's causing this? Well, one part on the canola front is definitely, again, I'm watching how the soy markets have been responding. They have come down from the highs made in the last couple weeks. But the market seems really set for a resumption of the uptrend uh, on the soy markets as really demand data continues to be at a record pace and really suggests historically tight U.S. supply at the end of the season on soybeans. So that's definitely been a large factor. On the wheat front, like I've mentioned before here, Jim, is that wheat might not have the fundamentals like the other grains, but really inflationary fears, you know, especially food inflation plus a, a lower U.S. dollar are, are seen as positive forces. Uh, wheat really remains, I would say, choppy to lower, you know, at short term here as traders are really in search for potential supply issues to help kind of rationalize wheat going higher like some of the other grains. So uh, that's one thing I'm definitely keeping an eye on. So the outlook for next week and beyond? Well, next week, one thing to note is that there is a USDA report on Tuesday. So, again, always something to keep in mind for the markets. We'll see, again, on the canola front if the the higher trend is going to remain. I'm starting to see now the deferred months, particularly November and January, increase compared to the nearby. So that's one trend I'm watching. And on the wheat front, again, we'll see if this kind of sideways to lower trend can maybe stabilize a little bit more with the other grains. Adam Piccolo is a commodity futures advisor with PI Financial in Regina. Back to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today with Jim Smalley on 620 CKRM. Malford and dipping as far south as Maple Creek and Valmarie is expected to have below normal runoff. An area covering Moose Jaw, Regina, Weyburn and Estevan is looking at well below normal runoff this spring. Areas of central and northern Saskatchewan including Kindersley, Lloydminster, Meadow Lake and Nipawin are projected for near normal runoff. The far southwest from Cypress Hills to the U.S. border also expecting near-normal runoff. The spring runoff outlook could change, though, because there is still 8 to 10 weeks of winter weather. CN Rail says it shipped just under 3 million tons of grain and grain products last month, setting a new January record. We'll have more on that in our second half of the program. Meantime, the Ag Transport Coalition reports that CN has been more consistent in meeting grain car orders than it was before January 1st. Over the past two weeks, CN has posted performance numbers of 79 and 81 percent. On the other hand, CP has fallen into a cycle of one good week and one bad week. Milt Poyer with QGI Consulting prepares the weekly report for the Ag Transport Coalition. He says CP Rail has had issues with cars moving in eastern Canada. Now that Thunder Bay is effectively closed and traffic is going to shift to a longer haul cross-country to eastern Canada, 
it will become an important corridor, more important than it has been so far during the current grain year. With colder temperatures on the way, the focus will be on consistency of rail car delivery. The big question, of course, is can the railways get to a point where they deliver consistent performance at a high level week in and week out? CN is showing some positive signs in this regard the last few weeks. You know, they've improved their performance generally over the last five to six weeks. They've been kind of steady the last two weeks, CP not so much. So the question is, you know, do they get this figured out as they move forward through February and March? Poirier notes service to Vancouver has improved, but Prince Rupert remains a challenge. Time now for Real Agriculture with Sean Haney. Brought to you in part by Karst Holdings in Assiniboia and Schlamps Integra Tire in Grenfell. Your locally owned Integra Tire dealers on The Source 620 CKRM. This is your realagriculture.com update brought to you by the Canola School. Get canola agronomic information when you need it on your smartphone, tablet, or laptop. Our library of timely agronomic information is free and available at canolaschool.com. Sean Haney here with RealAgriculture.com and Real Ag Radio. You can hear every day on Rural Radio 147. Recently, one of my guests was Jim Carr. Now, he is the special representative to the prairies for the federal government. We talked about a number of things, including energy policy, including what needs to happen with the carbon tax. You mentioned you were energy minister, and uh, you were right in the thick of the purchase of the Trans Mountain Pipeline. Of course, the past couple weeks, we've had some very, very poor news. I would say, My comment, I would say expected news on the cancellation of, of the Keystone Pipeline. How big of a setback is that for Western Canada? Well, it's a, it's a big disappointment. You know, we've been uh, supporters of the pipeline from the very beginning. Uh, before Justin Trudeau was prime minister, he went to the United States and in front of a Democratic audience supported uh, Keystone XL. I happen to have been Minister of Natural Resources when the Obama administration uh, pulled the plug on uh, KXL. Very disappointing day. And it was deeply disappointing to experience it all over again with the Biden administration. Uh, I believe that there is enormous potential for a North American energy strategy. If you just look at an overhead of the interconnections between Canada and the United States, the pipelines, the hydroelectric uh, interties, the supply chains that are so embedded in an integrated continental system, and now that we have an American administration that is also interested in a meaningful climate plan, I think there's just tons of potential for us to move forward. But don't don't get me wrong. Uh, that decision was impactful, uh, hurtful for many families in Alberta and, in fact, across the country. Uh, and I'm not happy about it. The government wasn't happy about it. But we will move on and build on the alignment that we feel we enjoy with the United States and uh, use the natural and human resources we share uh, to move on to the next chapter. The carbon tax. I, I would be amiss if I didn't bring that up. That, that's a huge yeah. issue on the prairie, spe- especially with, with farmers uh, across the three provinces. There's been big requests for exemptions on some items like grain drying. It has uh, really kind of fallen on um, deaf ears, so to speak. What is, your, what is your message back to the Prime Minister and the Finance Minister on the, the, the cost load that this carbon tax pr- presents to farmers? Uh, it's an issue, and it's an issue that I believe has to be revisited. Uh, the carbon tax we call a price on pollution. Uh, 
and we know that it's revenue neutral to the government of Canada. For every dollar that's raised through uh, that price on pollution is redistributed to families. And in those cases where there are inequities, I think we have a responsibility to look at those inequities. And I understand the arguments that are being made, and I'm presenting these arguments to the center of the government. And uh, we'll see what happens. Yeah, the, the the cost increased by 2030 to $170 a ton, I think, was some big-time sticker shock for the industry. Um, yeah. you know, there is some estimates of, even in Ontario, which is outside the Prairie region, of course, but yeah. you know, some estimates on, in Ontario of grain-drying costs being at 40 bucks an acre at that point. Without a, without a substitute, it's not like you can switch from your gasoline-powered car to an electric car to reduce uh, your, your carbon load. In some of these cases, there is no substitute. Yeah, I think that uh, we have a responsibility to look at it, to see where there is real hardship, uh, to assess the uh, impact on their uh, bottom line in real time and in real dollars. Uh, so to measure the impact of uh, that fiscal measure and to conclude whether or not we believe it's fair. And if it's not, then to look at ways to uh, to mitigate the impact. It's my job to make the arguments. Ultimately, others will make the decisions, but I hear loudly and clearly from prairie producers. Um, there are other issues that face uh, the agricultural industry in the prairie, including agri-stability. I'm mm. sure you're aware of it. Yes. And um, we're trying to persuade provinces to uh, match some money, $100 million that the government of Canada has put on the table. It requires matching at 40% from two-thirds of the producing provinces, so we're very hopeful uh, that the prairies will come alongside. It really would be a shame to leave that money on the table. This has been your Real Agriculture Update. You can find out more about this issue or many others at realagriculture.com. It's your agri-weather forecast on The Source 620 CKRM. The official 620 CKRM farm weather is brought to you by Shepherd Realty in Regina, specializing in farm and ranch real estate in Saskatchewan. Call Harry, Justin, or Devin at 352-1866. Mainly sunny sky today, wind north 20. Temperature falling to minus 21 this afternoon, and it's actually colder than that right now. Wind chill near minus 32. Risk of frostbite, the low minus 30. Wind chill minus 32 tonight, minus 42 overnight. Frostbite in minutes. Saturday, sunny sky, winds up to 15 kilometers per hour. The high tomorrow, minus 24. Wind chill minus 39 in the morning and minus 34 in the afternoon. Risk of frostbite Saturday, low minus 33 degrees. Sunday, sunny, the high minus 27, the low minus 38. Monday, sunny, the high minus 26, the low minus 30. Tuesday, sunny and windy with a high minus 22, the low minus 27. Wednesday, sunny, the high minus 22, the low minus 26. Thursday, sunny, the high minus 19. Normal high for the state, minus 8. The normal low, minus 20. The sun rose at 8.27 this morning. It sets at 5.58 tonight. And around the province, the hot spot, minus 17 in the southwest corner at Valmarie. The cold spot up north, Stony Rapids, minus 34. Estevan, minus 18. Saskatoon, minus 26. Swift Current, minus 22. Weyburn, minus 19. Yorkton, minus 22. Blowing snow in Regina this hour, it's minus 23. That's 9 below Fahrenheit. Winds are from the north-northwest at 31, gusting to 44, giving a wind chill right now of minus 37 degrees. Humidity is 73%, the barometer rising 102.1.
Drifting snow in Moose Jaw, minus 23. Winds are from the north, northwest at 28. Once again, Regina, blowing snow in minus 23. That's nine below Fahrenheit. Back in a moment. This spring, apply pre-emergent edge microactive group three herbicide from Gowan Canada before seeding your canola. Maximize yield today and manage resistance tomorrow. Always read and follow label directions from Gowan Canada. You're listening to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today with 620 CKRM Agri-News Director Jim Smalley. This portion of Saskatchewan Agriculture Today is brought to you by McDougal Auctioneers. Get fair market value for your assets with an online auction through McDougal Auctioneers. McDougalAuctions.com And brought to you by Pattison Liquid Systems, experts in liquid fertilizer distribution. Fertilizer's just better when it's wetter. Pattison Liquid Systems expect the best. CN Rail has announced a new record of grain movement for the 11th consecutive month. The Director of Sales and Marketing, David Shednovic, says CN moved almost 3 million tons of grain to market last month. Well, we had a really strong month for grain shipments in the month of January. In fact, uh, we set a record for uh, that's the 11th month in the row of, of record movement for, uh, for Canadian grain shipments. We shipped over 2.95 million tons of grain uh, via carload in January. The previous record was back in 2019 at 2.33 million tons. So that's 27% better than that. And uh, the three-year average is about two and a quarter million tons. And through the month of January, uh, the guidance that we that CN provided in its grain plan in front of harvest time during winter was that we expected to move about uh, between grain and processed grain products about 6,100 cars a week, assuming normal operating conditions, no mainline disruptions, that sort of thing. And uh, for the month, I think we were over 7,000 cars a week on average. So uh, that's really strong movement. Uh, you know, we had some good tailwinds uh, with us as well there with uh, the weather being so cooperative through a lot of the month of January. That certainly helped. Um, we'll see what happens going forward here. We're going to get cold this week, of course, and we're going to be running some shorter trains due to uh, the, the need to uh, maintain safe, safe braking conditions in uh, in temperatures getting below minus 25 but boy since the start of the crop year we've moved over 17 and a half million tons of grain and that's 24 percent higher than the three-year average of 14.1 so very strong grain movement for a number of reasons right through what are some of those key reasons for it is it partly because of covid19 and the the reduction in other traffic well, no, I'd say uh, right through during right through the summertime, you know, in a typical year, when you get right before a new crop coming on, CN probably has four or 5,000 hopper cars parked um, in the month of August. And that's not because CN's moving less grain because it wants to move other commodities. It's because the demand typically isn't there, right? Because we're in front of new crop. The rest of the world, for all intents and purposes, was, is harvesting their crop in the spring and summer. So there's a lot of domestic supplies, demand for a lot of reasons normally declines at that time of the year well this year of course the demand pounded all the way through so we were having strong record demand uh right through the summertime into the fall very unusual to see that and you know you mentioned covid well that was a lot of that was demand driven by you know concerns around food security around the world that sort of thing so that was very much a a strong demand pull all the way through that carried on into the fall time and since then you know, we've had strong operational performance coupled with very strong demand for grain movement. So that's been a feature of the market all the way through into January. We expect that to continue through the winter. And, 
But like I say, the main factor driving that strong grain movement has been that it's been strong demand, especially in that off-peak spring, summer, early fall period. Yeah, how does it look going forward? Are you expecting consecutive months coming up uh, right through to the end of the crop year? We would expect the demand's going to be strong right through the winter here into uh, into April, and then we'll see what happens. Of course, uh, you know, it, I know we have a record crop overall in Western and Canada, and it's been moving very quickly. It will remain to be seen uh, as to what the pace of grain movement will be once we get deeper into the year. But we expect certainly the demands there, strong grain prices. There's lots of incentive to, uh, or a good reason to expect that uh, carryout stocks on farm and in the country elevator system are going to be drawn down to historically low levels again this year, just like it was just like we saw at the end of the crop year last year. So we'll see what happens between now and then. David Shinovic is the Director of Sales and Marketing at CN Rail. Coming up, he details the problems with dropping temperatures and moving grain to market in frigid weather. You're tuned to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today on The Source, 620 CKRM. This segment of Saskatchewan Agriculture Today is brought to you by Degelman Industries. Look to Degelman for the most reliable, dependable, engineered tough equipment on the market. CN Rail moved a record 2.95 million tons of grain to market last month, the 11th consecutive month of grain movement records. The Director of Sales and Marketing, David Shednovic, says he expects demand to remain strong through spring and summer for prairie grain and brisk movement. But he says extremely cold weather causes problems for the railways in moving grain to market. The tipping point for needing to uh, run shorter trains to maintain safe operating conditions, safe braking, is minus 25 Celsius. You remember, it's, it's, it's air brake systems that trains employ. So as, as things get colder and colder, it becomes more and more difficult to keep a train charged with air. And you think about some of those trains that you see running through the network, you're sitting there at a crossing. I mean, some of those can be over two miles long. So think about it. you got to push air and maintain air brake pressure all the way to the back end of that train. So as it gets colder and colder, it becomes more and more difficult to do that. Uh, we use, we use a, different, a, a number of ways to try and mitigate those impacts by either, you know, you'll see sometimes a train is running by and there will be not only power at the front, of course, but either a locomotive in the middle or at the back. That's called distributed power. The locomotives are working together to move that train. And that also, that, that locomotive in the middle or the back of the train is also helping pump air. Same thing, you'll see some of these bright red boxcars running around on the main line. Essentially, uh, what that is, those brand new red painted boxcars, so there's about 100 of them that CN has. And it's, got, it's, it's a boxcar with a big air compressor in it. And does the same thing, putting that in the middle of the train consists, that's the, the length of the train, just like you have a locomotive. So as you can deploy these additional air sources, you can help help pump air and maintain air pressure, but it gets harder and harder to do that as it gets colder and colder and colder. So uh, minus 30 or minus 35 is not the same as minus 25. And as you run shorter trains, you know, you've only got the same number of locomotives and crews to work with. So you've got, you need more resources to move the same amount of traffic. And that's where things you can, you can get into, uh, uh, impacts on fluidity in the network. So we have to hope that the cold snap is is short lived. Then, yeah, you know, when we always say, everybody says, you know, winter comes every year. That's absolutely right. But it's uh, it always gets cold, just like it always rains at the west coast, and we have issues with uh, loading grain and the rain there, of course. But it's all about the duration of the cold and the intensity of the cold. That's that's really the key driver here as to the impact of 
extreme cold temperatures on uh, winter operating conditions on the rail network. Now I want to ask about container movement. You've got a, a hub, I believe, in Regina that you've just recently set up in the past year or so. How's container movement of grain going? Yeah, absolutely. So we've got two really important points that are our real focal points in Saskatchewan for shipping grain by container. Saskatoon and Regina. You're right, Saskatoon, that's CN's Chapel Yard. And then, of course, Regina, the Intermobile Terminal came online uh, not too long ago. Of course, not unlike the strong car, the strong demand for carload movement, we've seen very, very strong demand for uh, containerized grain movement direct from Western Canada, and, and that's continued right through. We've continued to see that strong demand. We've moved over 600,000 tons of grain uh, direct from Western Canada via Intermodal so far this crop year. That's also a record. So that that demand has remained strong. I know that commodity-wise, we've seen, I'd say, a shift with the the Indian tariff on on, uh, red lentils, maybe causing a bit of a a drawdown in the overall intensity of the demand. But right through, whether it's for movement into the western Canada, into, into Vancouver, or into eastern Canada, very strong demand of containers right through here. Is it mostly pulse crops that move by container? I'd say out of the prairies, the, the majority of the product moving is, is pulse crops. The, the number one containerized product, whether it's stuffed in a container coming out of a rail car at port or a container that's stuffed directly in the country, the major commodity would be uh, peas and then lentils, and then, of course, there's other commodities that move as well. But, yeah, lots of very strong demand for pulses in particular out of the prairies for direct intermodal movement in a container to destination. David Shednovic is the Director of Sales and Marketing at CN Rail. The Market Updates with Jim Smalley on The Source, 620 CKRM. Market Update is brought to you by Scott Bjornson of Hall is Wealth. For more information or to book a free consultation, call one 800 284 9999 and Nelson GM in Assiniboia and Avonlea. If you are a Costco member, get huge savings on current 2019 and 2020 SUVs right now. Viterra prices were showing upward movement in early trading today. Canola gained 390 at 638.17. Number one red spring wheat rose $2.05 at 272.44. The rest were unchanged. Durham, 310.48. Feed barley, 249.70. Flax, 80108. Lentils, 602.50. Oats, 229.53. Yellow peas, 380.89. Feed wheat, 183.72. The Minneapolis spring wheat March futures are up three and a quarter cents at 6.25 a bushel. It's the Livestock Reports on The Source, 620 CKRM. The Livestock Quotes are brought to you by the Weyburn Livestock Exchange. Call Weyburn, 842-4574. And now, the latest quotes. This is Graham Barnett with the Market Report. Heartland Livestock here in Moose Jaw, just under 200 cows and bulls here at our Thursday regular sale. This cow market looks steady to last week. The good grain-fed cows, 72 to 8, sales right up to 81 bucks. Hay-fed cows are bringing 65 to 73. The bull market, it looked a little stronger 95 to a dollar six we had a big bow top out at a dollar 1175 1665 on offer at our pre-sort here in tuesday this market was selling to a stronger demand across the board some of these lighter steers were gaining more strength than most here's what happened then to sale 456 weight tan steers at 249 and 50 49 exotic steers six 
578 anyway at 228. The 60 exotic steer 662 at 213 and a quarter. 717 weight tan steers at 203 and a quarter. Into the Charlet heifers 514 at 207.75. The 78 black heifers 600 pounds at 185 and the 684 tans at 181 and 50. Next pre sorts Tuesday, February 23rd. Good run expected for that one. This is Grand Bardet reporting. Let's have one great afternoon. And the latest Saskatchewan pork prices, 162.57 per CKG. Coming up, the Resource Report. This is the Saskatchewan Resource Report on 620 CKRM. Here's Jim Smalley. Now the Resource Report. Deep Earth Energy Production Corporation expects to mine extremely hot brine water over three and a half kilometers underground in southeast Saskatchewan. It will be the first geothermal power plant in the country near Estevan. President and CEO Kirsten Marcia says the hot water was discovered during drilling for oil and gas. The brine would be used in the process to turn turbines, which generates power. Much of the mining equipment is similar to the oil industry as well, so it's an easy switch for oil and gas workers. Marcia says construction will begin on the power equipment this fall, which will then be interconnected to the province's main power grid. It's expected to be supplying power by the first half of 2023. Marcia estimates the geothermal power plant will provide about 100 megawatts of baseload power generation for the province. It's enough power for 100,000 homes. Geothermal has the smallest environmental footprint of all the renewable resources, and unlike wind and solar, it's not intermittent. The energy and metals and mining sectors helped lead a broad-based rally on the Toronto Stock Exchange as Canada's main stock index posted a triple-digit advance in late morning trading. The TSX Composite Index was up 102 points at 18,144. In New York, the Dow Jones Industrial Average was up 109 points at 31,165. The Canadian dollar traded at 78.28 cents U.S., compared with 77.95 cents Thursday. The March crude oil contract was up 73 cents at 56.96 a barrel. That's the Resource Report. If you missed any segment of the show, tune in to the On Demand Saskatchewan Agriculture Today podcast, brought to you by Gowan Canada. Gowan Canada understands the challenges growers face and takes pride in finding effective crop protection solutions. Visit GowanCanada.com to learn more. That's Saskatchewan Agriculture Today. I'm Jim Smalley. You've been listening to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today with Jim Smalley on 620 CKRM. If you missed any of today's broadcast, download the podcast now online at 620CKRM.com. Saskatchewan Agriculture Today, now starting after the 12 o'clock news on your voice for everything A. 620 CKRM. This podcast brought to you by Gowan Canada, makers of edge microactive pre-emergent herbicides.